morning. Uh, it's about 6.30, I guess, on the uh, 6th of February, 2014. Um, if I sound a little bit funny, it's because I've got the uh, ski mask flipped down. If people look at me funny, it's because it's a guy in a biker jacket with the ski mask flipped down and Google Glass. Sometimes I feel egotistical when I think about the way that I look. At other times I think the whole point was supposed to be I don't care how I look. I do what I want to do. I don't know. Anyway, good morning. I am here with Mr. Jasper, which you could see were it not 6.30 in the morning. Here's an attempt. There he is. I already walked walk my first 10 minutes. It's about 29 degrees out here, which means I shouldn't even be bothering. But I have not been out to work on my fitness. And I gotta keep doing that if I wanna keep not dying. Oh, for realistic expectations. <sighs> anyway, haven't got my words done yet. I will. Had some fun, conceptually anyway, with a uh, crazy plot twist on my script. That'll be fun writing that down. Uh, sorry, started thinking about that again. Thinking about the voiceover. Normally I'm not a fan of voiceovers. I was thinking about the movie adaptation where they say if you're doing voiceover, you've already given up on screenwriting. That was Brian Cox talking to Nicolas Cage. And immediately after he said, if you're doing voiceovers, you're already doing something wrong and you should give up. We start hearing what Nicolas Cage is thinking in a voiceover. That, that movie, adaptation, so brilliant. You don't even see most of the things coming. They start off by saying, the problem is it's not a Hollywood movie. You don't have chases, car chases. You don't have guys threatening people with guns and stuff like that. It's all about thinking. It's all about talking. It's all about, I don't know, butterflies and stuff. And then by the end of the movie, after you've seen people basically lying about their work and uh, having affairs, humiliating themselves, threatening people with prosecution. All of a sudden you get Nicolas Cage crawling through the bayou after his brother's death 
and there's people with guns following him. Chris Columbus, I think. Or Chris something. Anyway, famous actor, can't remember his name. Yeah. And you reach this point where you're going like, hey, wait a minute, when did this turn into a Hollywood movie? And he's so good at it that the first time through, you don't actually recognize it. You gotta watch it, you gotta turn back to it and watch it like an art film before you start noticing all those themes. So anyway, great movie. <sighs> Still have voiceovers. Um, my script starts off with a voiceover and I'm iffy about that. But what's worse, the bigger sin, is having further voiceovers in the middle of the story. You know, you want to have them either punctuated or not there at all. And so, given that I don't have them at regular intervals, I'm nervous about having them at all. So anyway, there's that. I didn't get any words written this morning. I feel kind of bad about it, but yeah, I, if you watch the show or listen to it or whatever, then you may have heard last time I had this kind of epiphany about how little import all of this has. How the uh, the internet is vast, but my reach, my influence, is so incredibly small that the existence of clout makes a mock of it. The idea that people are trying to impress clout.com when in fact most of the world has no idea what clout.com means. I don't know, it all just started to started to realize none of it matters. Day one of realizing none of it matters meant that I just didn't read social media as much. Didn't care as much. Bill Nye is debating a fruitcake. Okay. Whatever. I don't have any particular feelings on that. You don't get to debate truth. I put that differently. You don't get to debate facts. Oh! <laughs> that was fun. In an attempt to stay safe from the ice, I tripped over a tree stump. <sighs> All grace. That's brand. <sighs> Meanwhile, Mr. Jasper skates easily across the ice. Anyway, yeah, here's a fun one. The day of the Super Bowl, Philip Seymour Hoffman dies. Great actor. I was saddened but not surprised to find out that he had a drug addiction. I loved his work. And that's about all I had to say about it. 
I don't even think I said that. I just linked to stuff. The internet, on the other hand. Some of my good Christian friends said, a junkie's a junkie. I don't care whether he's a famous celebrity or not. That doesn't make it noble. And now, the earlier me would have got all up in their face about good Christian values and how some people aren't worth it. Newer me shrugged it off. Whatever. Alright, so celebrities are celebrities don't get a pass for being uh, junkies. Alright, I get that. Next one was stop treating it like a willpower issue. Drug addiction is a disease. And that these people need help. They don't need your anger and recrimination. So, I actually like that one better. That's That was nice. But rather than get up there and amplify that signal, yeah, we should be helping the junkies, all of them, instead of treating them like they are pariahs for doing this. I didn't do any of that. I don't even think I linked to any of them. I linked to the news. And then I left it. So we went through two stages. Famous junkies are just as much a pariah as infamous junkies. And then no junkies are pariahs. They just have a disease. And then the third step was, oh, I see how it is. When famous people have uh, drug addiction, it's a disease. When regular people do, it's a problem with the person. No, none of this, none of this had a thing to do with me. I'm staying out of the whole damn thing. But that's kind of the point. I was watching it from the outside, watching different people in their sanctimonious attitudes argue with each other. Nobody's making any difference. Nobody's changing any minds. Slate.com said that by arguing creation with the dinosaur museum guy, you already lose because the dinosaur creation guy does not deserve that kind of amping of a message. And after reading it, I gotta agree, I think Slate's right. I think I think Bill Nye lost just by stepping up. And that's a shame. So So yeah, I'm not doing that. I am not getting into that fight. I'm not talking with those people. I am not going to try and change people on the internet because God knows everybody from every possible angle is already there. I did like one of the commenters who said, as long as we use the you weren't there argument to prove that things didn't, that science doesn't work, then uh, Bill Nye should have said Abraham Lincoln wrote the uh, Bible in 1860 
as a gaff. You want to disprove me? Well, you weren't there. That's the biggest problem. When you center your entire debate on you can't prove it, then you better not come up with a magical book to say, here's the real truth. Anyway. So that was fun, and I think that's the point. It was just fun. It was nice to be outside of it, not caring. And then Chuck Wendig started taking pot shots at us. Good old Chuck. I'm not against self-publishing because I don't have a publisher and therefore I'm a self-publisher too. And therefore, shut up. Wendig. Yeah, Uncle Chuck started with the basic. Everybody should be trying to do their best when they write. Which, duh. Who's going to argue against do your best? Of course, do your best. Everybody wants to do their best. But that's not what he spent three blog posts. That's not what he's gotten shouted at on Reddit for. That's not what has caused him bad reviews for bad writing. No. What's done all that is when he says, you shouldn't publish. He believes that if we put our work in a drawer, if we only allow editors to see it, if we only work on our craft for years without pay, only then can we become publish-worthy. And until we do all of that, until we have enough money for an editor, until we scrape together enough money for a cover artist, and most of all, until we write several books without being edited or written, constantly working on our craft with no feedback, or the feedback that we can get for free, which is to say reading groups, friends and family, etc. Until we work on our craft in the vacuum like that, we are not allowed to publish. Because publishing without having previously published is a unfair onus, a burden upon the reader. Because as you know, the reader is incredibly stupid. And the reader will gladly pay $5 for a writer they've never heard of and a book who has no reviews. I mean, that's what he's saying. He's saying that there's a glut of bad writing, and he's right, there is a glut of bad writing. Although, I don't distinguish between published and unpublished on that one. I mean, self-published and traditionally published, I don't draw a line there because I've seen a lot of bad writing in traditionally published books. But he doesn't. And he started on Gatekeepers again. Anyway. There I was. I reached my little momentary peak. 
peace and nirvana, knowing I'm not part of this anymore. I'm not scurrying to promote. I'm not shaking my fist to help bring people to the right. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just sitting and enjoying my social media. And a couple blog posts later, Uncle Chuck, suddenly, I'm in there taking him on personally. Not personal attacks, mind you, but started when I posted, looks like Chuck is doubling down on the you don't get to publish until I say you get to publish. Like I say, he was very polite. I think he was very polite because he has absolutely no idea who I am. No concept of my work. And doesn't want to, obviously. He's a 3K Amazon rank. I'm a 300K Amazon rank. And that's just how it is. He's got no reason to respond to me. Even J.C. Hutchins has learned I'm not in his league. He doesn't need to say anything to me. So, Chuck entertained my complaints for a little while. Then I switched him down. And it was only then that I remembered, oh, damn it, I was trying to be good. I was trying to avoid those entanglements. So, anyway. Okay, Jasper, sit. Good boy. Alrighty. Other camera. Nobody needs to see me. Okay. Lock this down. There we go. Stay. Good boy. We're at 18 minutes, we're already getting a little battery. So yeah, he damaged my calm, and then I got up there and as complainers go, I think I was one of the better ones. All right, I'll give myself that. I mean, he came back with, I assume that's a joke, which I thought either made him look stupid or was a warning to me. I am big time writer, you are a little time writer, you better not be saying bad things about me. Which, I hope that wasn't his intent, because, yeah, I don't respond to that kind of thing. Anyway, um, and then I said if it was a joke, it's one he's been telling for a long time, but I'm bummed. And I, I basically laid it out. I said, look, I'm the guy who made his car payments with the first thing he'd ever written. Unedited. Well, at least not professionally edited. It 
said, I'm the guy you're talking about, the one who shouldn't have a career. Hi. And then he shut me down, just said congratulations and moved on. Because he had other things to pimp. Now, like all trolls, I flatter myself to think that he really didn't like me when I went back in his face. And that he did check me out and find out that while I may be a 300k writer, I actually do have a few thousand listeners. And he decided, wait, I actually am attacking this guy. Because I said, I'm sorry if I pissed you off, but you should know how the 90% from Sturgeon's Law feel when you're just constantly dissing us. And he came back with, it's not a personal attack. But he basically said that we were a volcano of crap. So it's kind of hard not to take that personally. And don't get me wrong, that's Wendig. That's his, that's the way he writes. You know, that's his thing. But I kind of think he needs to know, as human beings, that he's insulting when he does that. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he just doesn't care. God knows. Reddick gave him enough. That was the other thing, is that later on that day, I got into the same argument on Google+. with a, uh, a woman who's trying her damnedest to get a business doing book reviews started. And uh, trying to pay her way by editing. Of course, she came up with, yeah, editors aren't cheap, but you need us desperately. And it was stupid of me to argue with her. But I did. And that's where I found out that Reddit has been even worse to Chuck. And it was about that time I remembered how I lost my Nirvana getting back into the shouting match. And granted, I think I had a good reason. Doesn't every troll? I think I was right, but doesn't every troll? I think it was Nathan saying, Yeah, it looks like Chuck is treating you like a troll and missing your argument to make me realize that I'd gone from the nirvana of detachment to jumping in with both feet and being a troll. Doesn't matter whether I'm right and he's wrong. All that matters is I was being a troll. Nathan, meanwhile, is over there not getting online with it, but he's saying to me, you know, when we're talking about the issue, he's saying just gems of arguments. Like, telling someone they have an ugly baby 
does not spur them on to make prettier babies. As pithy rejoinders go, that one's gold. And he didn't say that. Not online. He said that to me. Because he knew something that I had in my passion forgotten. You don't change minds on the internet. Not ever. Not once. You do not change anyone's mind. And I should have seen that. I should have seen that with the Bill Nye thing. He goes to the debate with the guy who created the Christian Museum that says that dinosaurs and humans were good buddies and that we used to play dinosaur golf where we'd throw a frisbee in the air and dinosaurs would reach up and catch him. All right, maybe he doesn't say that about the golf, but you weren't there. It could have happened. The Flintstones was a documentary. Shut up. I should have learned. In the last few minutes of that debate, when they were taking questions, someone asked, what is there that can make you change your mind? Bill Nye said, evidence. Mr. Ham said nothing. And there it is. You simply cannot change some people's minds because they are proud of their argument, so much so that they will not move. And now a good scientist says, all right, so how about me? Am I willing to move if I'm proven wrong? And yeah, I am. If you can prove to me that the way I lived, the fans that I got, the friends that I've made was all anecdotal and shouldn't have happened. If you can prove that to me, I will change my tune. But until then, I'm going to be a spokesman for for this this can happen you can have someone who has writing good enough to make it to at least get started to get feedback and support and entry into the You know what? You can write a book that people will enjoy without a professional editor. I would say without professional cover art, but I haven't tested that one. That's not egocentric. That's just I was very, very lucky with my first book to get a brilliant and talented artist to do my cover. You know what's weird? is that a cover artist took a look at that and said, your artist is good, but he's not a good book artist, book cover artist. Said that uh, my typography, the stuff that I did on my own, 
Uh, let me point out, I'm not talking about the Hidden Institute there. That was uh, uh, Lucy LeBlanc. But uh, he said the stuff that Sharon Wright didn't do works better as a book because it's more on point. Which is weird. That's something I'd never even heard before, never thought of before. I'm not sure I agree with it. God knows I have cherished every single sketch I got from Cheyenne Wright. Because the man has a skill I'm never going to have. But the question is, was I prejudiced by that? Anyway, so yes, um, I am obviously willing to consider other possibilities on just about every argument I make. I don't get that same feeling from Uncle Chuck. And so that's what got me up there shouting and that's what I forgot when I started shouting on the internet. Nobody on the internet backs down from their opinion easily. Because as soon as you have the balls to say something online, to put it in a blog and then show it to 100,000 people, all right, I'm overemphasizing, at least 1,000 people. Once you take that stand, you've got to hold it, especially if you make a living off of writing, especially if you make your entire blog about telling people how it is. And you get a lot of people, people I respect, saying, yeah, Chuck tells it like it is, harsh truth. And that made me sad. But trying to get back to that Nirvana point, trying to get back to that point where I say, I don't care about social media for promotion, for arguing, for proving that I'm right. It's just there to show cat pictures, have fun. I think I'm better off that way. Ah, and here we are at the front door. I may not have my words yet, but I got my fitness. And I will hopefully talk to you tomorrow.